Happy New Year. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Done With The Scar. I'm your host, Linda Dunn-Carter, and I'm joined by co-host Anne Guetta and a very special guest, Dr. Pamela Brownlee of North Texas Plastic Surgery. Hello, ladies. Hi, Linda. Great to do another podcast, and I'm really excited about our special guest today. Um, I actually met Dr. Brownlee at a gathering at the North Texas Plastic Surgery, and um, we instantly hit it off, and I connected her with you because I thought it would be a great way for us to collaborate with a plastic surgeon. So um, welcome, Dr. Brownlee. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in practice, and what type of plastic surgeon you are? Hi, ladies. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am so happy to be here and to get to know both of you guys. And I've talked to them before, and I'm just so excited to be a part of this. So I have been a surgeon for nine years now. I started off in general surgery, critical care, trauma, um, and then went and did specialization in plastic surgery. So I am now at North Texas Plastic Surgery doing an additional year of training as one of their aesthetic fellowships. And so our surgery, what we focus on is aesthetic surgery or cosmetic surgery. This is really elective surgery. So things like your mommy makeovers, your breast lifts. And so since it is elective, talking about scarring is super, super important to us. So Dr. Brownlee, what types of scars do you see most often in your practice? And I would also address that question to Linda, what kind of scars do her patients present to her? So for us in practice, you know, we're the ones who make the scars. So if people are coming to us because of scars, it's usually from something they've had done before. I would say the most common scars that we have are usually thickened raised scars from areas of tension. So think of that, that very midline of where you got your tummy tuck done. Um, just an area of high tension, and now it's spread, it's thickened, it's raised. The other most common scars we see are usually on the breast. Again, kind of thickened, raised, hypertrophic scars. We do occasionally see some true keloid scars, although we're pretty careful about operating on them and trying to minimize those during the initial operations. But it's usually just that pigmented, you know, hypertrophic, large, widened scar in our practice. Okay. And Linda, um, what about the patients that present to you? Do you see the same type of thing coming to your clinics? I do agree with Dr. Brownlee that there is um, the, the most popular scars that I am seeing these days. Just because of all the plastic surgery is the tummy tuck scars and the breast lift scars. There's a lot of tension, especially with a scar so long hip to hip it is going to endure a lot of um, a, a lot of tension through the healing process and through the phases of healing. And they they tend to raise, they tend to keloid. And I just I'm seeing more horrific things as 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 time goes on. And and I share those with you, Anne. And I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Just just when I thought I saw the the worst of the worst, I see even something more um, more severe and, and drastic. So there's a lot going on with um, the healing of scars these days. And the, um, you know, the, the big question is, what do we do? And Dr. Brownlee is, is absolutely correct. You know, she makes the scars. And, and so when patients come back to uh, their plastic surgeon and like, oh, please help me. And, and 
it's not something that, that, that they do, you know, you really, when you were working on scars or when I'm working on scars, I nurture the scar. I'm really with that scar for 12 months, 14 months, especially based on the severity of the scar. So the, the, the most popular and in going back to your question, Anne, is definitely I see tummy tuck scars, lift scars, lipo scars that have gone uh, really, really bad uh, with the burning and, and things like that. Those, um, those burns, you know, turn into keloids, the, the uh, opening of incisions are turning into hypertrophic keloids. And so what does a patient do? What does a patient do when that starts to happen? A lot of times they, they have nowhere to go, but back to the plastic surgeon. So Dr. Brownlee, when somebody comes back in with uh, these, this type of crisis, and, and, and again, you don't know what they're doing at home after they, you send them home, they're, you give them their instructions. You don't know what they're doing or, you know, if they're doing back bends, you know, after their, their surgery and, you know, putting a lot of extra a stretch on, on these incisions, what do you do when the patient comes back in to see you? You know, that's a great question. It's something that we all ask ourselves. I would say the biggest factor that determines what we do would be the timing. You know, so a lot of times you've got people coming in one month after surgery and they're saying, oh my gosh, my scars are raised, they're red, they're, you know, whatever the case may be, they seem thickened. I can feel knots underneath them. As a surgeon at that time, you know, we usually say, you know, this is, you know, those knots underneath it, that scar tissue forming in your body, trying to break down what sutures remain. So like, we got to kind of wait on this, you know, when they're coming back, let's say six months after, and they're saying it's dark, my scar is super dark, it's thickened, it's knotty, it's itchy, you know, all these type of complaints. The really the only thing we can do as surgeons at that point is operate. That being said, most surgeons are going to say, no, you know, a scar, the, the life cycle of a scar is 12 months. So it might still flatten out some on its own, correct some of the pigmentation, some of the color. So let's wait for a year before we do anything. A bigger factor than that is that usually we've pulled things so tight that if we tried to even cut out that scar at that point, we might not be able to get the two edges together because all the tissues are just still a little bit inflamed and tight and edematous. So really until about a year, you don't want to cut out a scar, not just because you're letting it mature, but because your surrounding tissues are so tight, you are just going to put another scar on tension until you give it some time to relax. That's a really good point. And, you know, I talk about, and you talk about tension a lot. I talk about tension a lot because especially with revisions and not everybody is a good candidate when they come in to see me, I may have them go uh, or suggest a revision. And most of the time the scar is quite mature. So that being said, they, they are a good candidate for a revision so that they can come back to me with a much better palette to work with, much better scar to work with. So I know, and, and I realize, I realize, and I'm on your side because there's nothing you can do. There's nothing surgeons can do when it gets past uh, the point of no return, so to speak, because if you do see keloids at, at the onset or they, they do form within, within two weeks as, as, as early as that. They do form within two weeks as early as that. And so it chances are they're not going to go down. Chances are if you put a strip of silicone on there or a silicone 
patch or, or um, gel, it is not going to go down. It is already it is already in the process of either growing or or sustaining where it's at. So again, the mindset of a surgeon, they're going to go well. Not all surgeons, because you know they don't they they. they go in, they do surgery and, and, but their, their concerns are, it's going to come back. If I do this, it's going to come back. So what, where, where does the patient go? What do they do? Um, this is, this is where I come in. I have high knowledge, high skill, and, and this is what I do. This is what I've studied. This is what I've, I've uh, mastered for the past 15 years. So if, if people find me, yay, you know, if they don't find me, they are, they are desperate to try anything and everything. So that's where problems can get even worse. The, the, the keloid scarring is, is definitely, if, if I get it at the onset, it's, it's much easier to manage and flatten over time. If it's mature and, and, you know, years old, then it takes me because it just has so much gristle and so much hardness to it. It, it takes me a lot longer. So if I get it at the onset, it definitely is, is something I can work with. But what you see is, is exactly right. And um, where do these people go? What do they do? So let's, let's talk about that. Anne, do you have any uh, questions or, or comments on that? Yes, I do. So we always talk to everyone about having a scar plan in place before you go into surgery, because it's really important to know how to take care of your scars after surgery. And um, the DC method with Linda, you're encouraging them to come in right after they're out of sutures, uh, drains, and tape, which you know is different from what Dr. Brownlee said. So you start working on the scars right away. So if they have a scar plan in place, it makes it a lot easier, gives you a better, better tissue to work with, correct? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'm, able, I'm able to coach it. And then that's pretty much what I do. I manage it. I watch it. So granted, they, they are away from me for 30 days at a time. The, the, the cycle of the uh, cellular turnover is every 28, 30 days. And so what I do with the scars coming out of surgery, and, and I'm very confident in telling people to start the products right away, just out of tape. And because the products are, are all natural, it has all the nutrients that your body has that you're putting back into it. It, it has been depleted um, during surgery. I mean, I, I want to just touch on this with Dr. Brownlee real quick. Um, so, so when you go through surgery and you, you um, put the, the two ends of skin back together, you make an incision. When, when you make the incision, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to formulate my question here. When you make the incision, is it true that your body is depleted of the nutrients that it needs to uh, re- replenish and, and, and get the scar um, to a, a normal state or to a, a healthier healing state? And it takes a lot of time. Is that correct? So I wouldn't necessarily say that the body is depleted. We are pretty big on, you know, obviously a surgery is planned, right? Like our surgeries are planned. It's not a trauma that happened and you were unaware. So we prep our patients beforehand. We have nutritional supplements um, that have been shown to help with healing for Mm -hmm. plastic surgery. So we make sure that they are taking those beforehand so that their body is not necessarily depleted of them, that they have the building blocks, the protein they need, everything that they're going to need to heal. What the biggest thing is that those cells need to be mobilized to that area, right? It's not like the cells know that you're having a tummy tuck or they're sitting there waiting for it. So 
we we make the incision um, and then put it back together. And it takes time for the body to mobilize cells to that area. And then the cells go through a process themselves of, you know, becoming more mature cells to break stuff down, to lay down collagen. So I wouldn't say we're depleted. I'd say that it takes time for the mobilization to get to the area of healing. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. It, it makes uh, total sense. And so the the whole mindset of, of what I was uh, trying to um, create when I created the, the scar cream line is that I wanted the scars to heal faster. I wanted them to heal healthier. And so over the years of, of making different formulas and sending them home with my patients and really creating case studies, so, Dr. Brownlee, when, um, what type of um, scar management do you offer patients who come to you for cosmetic procedures in your office? Um, well, let's talk just generically about kind of what do most plastic surgeons, because everyone has an antidotal story or kind of an opinion of their own, but what do most people say of how to care for your scar postoperatively? So people at the end of the... Um, at the end of our operation, you know, usually you either put surgical glue on it, tape on it, dressings of some kind. For the most part, most surgeons will say, you know, leave that in place for at least the first week. You know, if it starts, if the glue starts to flake off, if the tape starts to flake off, just leave it alone. Don't put anything on it. Don't put any creams. Don't put, um, you know, anything extra at all on it at this point. Um, usually after about two weeks or three weeks is when most surgeons will start to talk to people about doing scar massage. And what that means is we're talking about just kind of gently pushing on your incision, flat, trying to flatten it down. So kind of pushing deep against it as if you're pushing it and smushing it against the bone below it as the scar heals. And then usually at three and four weeks, um, is when people will start letting you put something on to your scar. So, and everybody has a different preferred something. So again, I, you know, whether it be a silicone gel, silicone sheeting, um, some kind of special scar cream that there is a product that they use at their company. But usually it's not until, you know, weeks four to six that you start letting people put some kind of cream or something on it. But again, like Linda said, sometimes at two weeks, you can already see that the scar is turning into a keloid or it's becoming hypertrophic. It's becoming thickened and raised. And if you're waiting until you're hitting this later, now at four weeks, six weeks are putting on this gel, you're already behind on the problem. Right. So they should... So. Linda, they should start on scar food right away after the they get the, after their sutures are out, correct? Oh well, yeah, you know I don't want to ever. I always tell the patients do what your doctor tells you to do. I you know as as soon as you're out of doctor's care, then that is when I will start working on you or start giving you instructions as to how to manage the scar. I don't ever want to go against what the doctor has told them. I don't want to interfere with that, but. In theory, yes, this is why I created the product to use on scars immediately out of sutures or tape, because that is when the scar is going to receive the nutrients 100%. And over time, if they do come to see me and we do create an in-office series or or protocols and and I'm working in conjunction with the products and in-office procedures, then they are instructed to use the products at home as as a home care regimen daily. And just for those uh, 
listening, um, for information on Linda's Scar Food, you can go to the website www.scarfood.com. And we also have a hotline that Linda established um, to talk about scars or if you want to get a scar plan in place. And that's one. 1- 866-SCAR-TALK. That's S-C-A-R-T-L-K. So you can call. It's an anonymous hotline. And you know we get calls all the time with questions. So it's great. Well, I appreciate Dr. Brownlee. She she has actually, when Anne, when you met her and we reached out, I, I immediately loved this woman. I, I looked at her work, went on her site, looked at the uh, North Texas Plastic Surgeries. I, I mean, they do phenomenal, phenomenal work. And I really appreciate her uh, receiving and and wanting to try out the products on her patients. And she um, she was sent products and, and we're just, you know, waiting back to hear the, um, hear how she likes it. And, and if she's ever, you know, even tried it on her, her, on her patients, but to even give me the opportunity because some plastic surgeons are like, mm, mm. but other plastic surgeons, are very, very um, willing and and um, open about the the product aspect and, and putting products on immediately after after surgery because I I have photos. I mean, I just tons and tons and tons and tons of photos of what the products do. And so when I created the products and and uh, started using my own, my patients as my case studies, how perfect is that? I started seeing them come back with their their wounds healed twice as fast, three times as fast. I'm like, wow, this is um really really on I'm on to something. So created it. It's doing very, very well. My patients get it after um, after their procedures with me. Our website, uh, scarfood.com, our product line is doing very, very well. And so I just, the more, the more people I can touch, the more people I can inform, the more people I can educate about post-surgical scar care is a beautiful thing. So I appreciate you being on board with uh, Scarfood, Dr. Pamela. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things um, nowadays that are done in medicine that, you know, we did because that's what we were taught and everything. But I think that this is so innovative of you. And I'm just so proud of you for all the work you've done and all the results you've posted and everything. You know, they truly speak for themselves. And the fact that it doesn't only just help these new fresh scars, you know, your work with chronic scars is just as important. You know, we have people coming all the time and asking about a scar they had, you know, from their C-section 10 years ago, you know, so just knowing that there's someone out there like you who's out there and can help with these problems, it's not just surgery, it's not just cutting again, but able to really just work with scars, break them down, get them a better color, a better size. It's just, it's really incredible. And I'm so happy to be here and be talking about this. Thank you. Thank you. You know, what, what, what you said too is, is again, you probably get a lot of people that have old scars and please, I'm just so tired of looking at this. Help me, help me, help me. And again, um, there's, there's lasers and, and I know a lot of uh, doctors, surgeons, dermatologists that they will go to the laser and, and try to reprogram, reinvent the scar tissue, you know, to, to make new skin and, and that sort of thing through lasers. And, I appreciate you just just being on board. Again, it is it means everything to me what what you just said and the validation 
is huge. And I know there's a lot of people out there that use the product. They're all, all my patients. And so the more the more doctors I can get on board, the more um, people who, who understand that you do have to have a scar plan and not just put that weight on the shoulders of the plastic surgeon. Because again, we'll go back to like, you make scars, but it's, you don't fix them. I mean, it's, it's really not the forte of doctors. A lot of s- surgical centers, they they do work on scars, but again, it's um, it, it's not their forte. So I appreciate you uh, so much. Thank you. Absolutely. And one other, one last thing that I want to say is that, um, you know, after our initial talk, you and I talked, I had one of my clinics and I kind of just counted how many times throughout the day scars came up, right? Because that's the difference between somebody who wants, you know, a breast augmentation, but they really need a lift, but they're just terrified of the scars. And over 75% of the patients just that day, and again, it was just fresh in my mind. So we were kind of keeping track, brought up scars in like preoperatively there for the consults and they wanted to talk about scars and say, but what, what is it going to scar bad? What are the scars going to look like? I'm so afraid of having scars on my breasts. I'm so afraid of having scars. You know, my friend has scars and they're terrible and I'm scared. And the whole time I just kept thinking, you know, this woman would probably feel so much more comfortable if she had a scar plan in place. Now, if we could reassure her that, you know, like, yeah, we're going to make scars, but we have a plan in place. So again, just to emphasize the importance of this, that it is something we talk about every day, almost every single one of our patients. So again, I'm just, I'm thrilled to know someone like you is out there and uh, continue to work together and kind of see um, what we can do so that we can reassure these patients. Right. What a relief. And and actually, uh, I tried to get in to have a treatment done with Dr. Pamela and she is like booked out to April. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> that's just too far. But your work is is astounding and, and amazing. And your your surgery center is just everybody there. So again, thank you so much for being on board with, with the products. And again, it would just be so much more comforting to patients who come in to know that Hey, after surgery, here's Linda's number. All right. She go take good care of you. And, you know, instead of letting a scar heal on its own because it doesn't know what to do, really, it really doesn't. You want to uh, be able to give them the certainty that she will guide you 100% through the phases of healing. So instead of having a scar for a year, two years, let's, let's not have that scar at all. If, you know, some cases that, that could be the case if I'm, if I'm guiding it and um, they heal properly. Right. And uh, that's a great point, Linda. And, you know, I just had a call the other day on the hotline where somebody was going into a surgical procedure in February and they wanted to see you in March. So they were already thinking about a scar plan. And how awesome is that, that, you know, that they're going to think about, they want their scar to look as great as it can be. So she asked me about the products and also she plans on seeing you. So I think people are are starting to understand and, you know, get more of that. And it's great that we can collaborate with um, North, North Texas Plastic Surgery and Dr. Brownlee. It's a great group over there. Um, I get all my skincare done over there. So it's just awesome. And I think it's a great collaboration. Thank you. It- it is. And I just, I think the movement is, is becoming more recognized. And I think just every day, I feel like I touch more lives. 
and just having the doctors on board is is just uh, such a such a um, a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to work with these doctors and and know that they they have trust in in my work. And again, I've been doing this fifteen. It's all I know how to do. It's all I do is scars. That's all I do is scars. And and every day they come in more horrific and horrific. I'm like, wow, you know, this is this is something that um, obviously the the more challenging is is the is more exciting for me. So sounds weird, but it's what I love to do. Okay. So Dr. Brownlee, um, another question for you that I have is how do you address the patient's expectations and their set of concerns about scars? Because now you said that they're, they're talking a lot about scars. So what are you discussing in the consult room with them about the, the scarring? That's a great question. So, you know, we talk about it. I talk about it with every single patient because, you know, I, I'm a female too, right? I know what it's like to not want to have scars on your breasts or not want to have scars visible if you're wearing a bikini. So we talk about this at every single consult, at every single pre-op. Um, you know, questions that we often get asked are, you know, am I going to have scars? Yes, unfortunately, no matter what we do, you're going to have a scar because that's what happens after we make a cut. Usually people who have more pigment in their skin, so think of our you know, Latin American friends or Middle Eastern friends that are coming in, they tend to scar worse. So I'm usually much, you know, more cautious with them, talk about that extensively with them so they know what to expect. Talk about if they have ever had a history of any bad scars before, if anyone of their family does, because again, that is something we want to advise. You know, if you had a procedure before and you have this big keloidal scar, you know, and that was maybe some kind of emergent procedure you needed or your gallbladder out. Now we're talking about an elective one that already tells me that you scar poorly to begin with. So you need to know that your scars on your breast might turn out kind of the same way as that. So we really like to make sure that they're prepared before, you know, I do as much as I can to try and minimize tension on the scars. So what do I mean by that? Sometimes you see somebody who wants to come in and they want a breast lift and they want an implant placed at the same time. Well, if they scar really bad, if you can see all their scars are wide and thick and knotty, those are the kind of patients I might say, listen, let's do the breast lift first, where we're not putting the weight of a heavy implant that's going to stretch and put tension on those scars. Let's do that first and let those scars heal the best we can. And then come back after, you know, the scars kind of settled in a couple months and then put an implant in it. So again, part of it as a surgeon is preparation, right? How do I prevent that scar from getting so bad? Um, but there's just such a huge population out there where no matter what I do, what the patient does, you know, that's just kind of how their body heals. And that is where someone like Linda comes into play. Okay. That's excellent, Dr. Brownlee. That is very, very important to assess all those things and understand as a surgeon, that's um, that, that's very important to the patient. They love hearing that. They they feel like that's uh, the information that without them asking that they, it's a bonus, I feel. Just real quick, Dr. Brownlee, what are some of the things that you do to patients who tend to keloid or that they're going in for a revision and you're, you're, you know that they keloid, what are some of the things that you might do to help prevent that keloid from forming again during the surgery or after the surgery? So if we're talking about a true keloid, so not just hypertrophic scar. Right. Keloids. 
things I would do would be absolutely minimize tension. So for your tummy tuck, I might tell you right off the bat, you know, we are not going to pull you so flat that, you know, you're bent totally over for the first week and a half. You know, I might say, we're going to get rid of this loose skin. We're going to, you know, make sure you don't have any little pooch or anything overhanging, but it's not going to be as tight as some, because again, you're going to keloid if we know that you keloid. Other things, you know, keloids are formed from just this terrible inflammation process of your body, right? Like your body basically sends way too many cells and you start building up all the scar and it's awful. So other thing is I might use a different suture type with that. Most of the sutures we use are absorbable. They're all under the skin. You don't need to come and have us take them out, but your body does break them down, right? And so in order to break them down, it sends all these inflammatory cells, break them down, in some people, that's totally fine. And somebody who keloids, I don't want that. So I would use probably way less absorbable sutures and you might actually end up with, you know, a running suture that goes through your skin that we watch carefully, but your body doesn't need to break that down. We're going to take that suture out, um, try and prevent some of that extra inflammatory process. Oh, interesting. Yes. When you talk about the sutures, I've never heard anybody talk about the sutures being a concern. So that's very informative. What about when you're going in, when you're doing a surgery and you're doing a revision to cut out a keloid or to remove a keloid? So is there something that you might do or... um So my understanding is they actually do... Is it chemo or radiation? Radiation. Radi- is is that something that that you do, and how how does that actually work with um, with people who are who are um, you know prone to keloiding again? Um, so it's been shown actually to reduce. So if we if you have a keloid and we just cut the keloid out, just straight up cut it out, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a 80 percent chance. You, again, depending what study you read, that it's just going to come back. You know, no matter what you do, change the sutures, everything. It's just if you keloid, that's what's going to happen. So people, you know, the most effective thing that's been done is that you get radiation after. So when we do do that. We set it up so that we take out the keloid. So you come to surgery and then within 24 hours after that, and it's set up beforehand, you've already seen, you know, the radiation oncologist and they've mapped it out. Um, But within 24 hours of your surgery, you'll go and you'll have a dose of radiation to that area um, to try and again, prevent some of that inflammatory process and kill some of those extra cells in the area. And I don't know all of the science behind it. So forgive me for that one. Um, But it has been proven to be super, super effective. We did that all the time in our residency, in my plastics residency training and set it up, you know, Um, And it's good and it works and it's great. That being said, in the aesthetics, cosmetic, elective, more cash pay patients, you know, I don't know what the cost of that would be. And so that might be a little bit harder of a sell to somebody, you know, radiation sounds scary, right? That's what people with cancer get and it sounds awful and terrifying. And although it works well, um, it's a little bit more challenging to get, you know, a, an elective patient to kind of feel comfortable with those kind of things. 
Mm-hmm. It's definitely extreme. So for the listeners, this is just one more thing that they can ask or inquire to their plastic surgeons when they go in to uh, the consultation for a revision for most specifically keloids. They seem to be just like more and more and more. I just see more and more and more. Or maybe it's just because they find my page and they're coming to me. But there's um, what is the other what is the other procedure that you might do? Or would it be like, do you inject catalog uh, into the the incision after after surgery if they're going in to have a, a keloid revised? Yeah. So that's the most common thing as a surgeon that we do is we inject catalog in. And now um, there's also some research and some people are injecting 5-FU, which is like a chemotherapy agent into it. Just like at the just like you would inject the catalog, you can do 5-FU. Some people are doing that. Again, the whole goal is to decrease catalog being a steroid um, for listeners, but um, the whole goal is to decrease the inflammatory process to decrease those amount of inflammatory cells that are showing up and creating that scar. Fascinating. I love it. I love it. So thank you for all that information. I mean, this is the, the these are things that I've learned over over the years and keloids seem to be very um very popular these days. I I I don't know if you agree, but I just see it on my end and in the scar revision that I do. Well, Dr. Brownlee, I thank you so much. You you have been just a plethora of information and such a wonderful uh, person. I love meeting you. I love talking to you every time. I'm such a nerd when it comes to talking about scars. I can talk all day, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And Anne, thank you so much again for co-hosting. And I wish everybody a beautiful, happy new year. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you so much. As always... Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Done With The Scar. We hope you're leaving with more info than you came with. See you next episode.